Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Liberals put forward their vision for rebuilding Canada as the country makes its way out of the pandemic. And in this difficult time, Canadians made a democratic choice. Their direction is clear. Not only do they want parliamentarians to work together to put this pandemic behind us, they also want bold, concrete solutions to meet other challenges that we face. Will the priorities outlined in the speech from the throne be enough to get support from opposition parties? They mentioned healthier and cleaner, but in healthier, there's no pharmacare. They promised it, campaigned on it in 2019, had a throne speech about it, and now have completely abandoned it. And the Conservatives move forward with their challenge of the ruling that imposed the vaccine mandate in the House of Commons. We want to see Parliament return to proper function. We also want to see the rules, the civil servants and the health authorities here on Parliament Hill respected. And it's time for the Liberal Party to stop misleading and dividing Canadians on issues related to the pandemic. It's Wednesday, November 24th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So what did you make of the throne speech and and the government's priorities that were outlined in it? Well, you know, there's something comforting about the familiar, isn't there, Mark? I mean, the same old uh, objectives are still there. Uh, You know, the the Liberal government still wants to fix, uh, you know, climate change and uh, uh, reconcile with uh, Indigenous communities, uh, you know, fix the economy, create jobs, etc. Got a fundraising letter from them, uh, you know, literally as the speech was wrapping up, talking about, um, you know, finishing the fight against COVID-19 and taking stronger action on climate change. So, uh, you know, they, they are, you know, starting to at least realize that there is concern about, you know, inflation and affordability. Um, uh, but, you know, they're really, in my view, there is not that much more they could do than talk about that at this point anyway, because the economy is going to do what it's going to do. And the liberals don't have much influence on inflation, uh, for instance, or neither would any other party. So, yeah. Um, but it's a throne speech with lots of familiar themes. Yeah, and let's talk about a couple of them. Obviously, um, the, the language, although, as you point out, many of the themes were were consistent with, with uh, previous liberal messaging, including in the most recent election, uh, the, the speech described a world in danger um, re- with regard to, to uh, climate change. Um, what, what do you think that will lead to? What, what will the policies be that the government will use to in their words, turn talk into action? Well, that's always the most difficult uh, issue, isn't it? And, uh, you know, there is no unanimous view in Canada on what to do about climate change. I think we're getting to the point now, Mark, where where it's, uh, you know, accepted almost almost universally that uh, man-made climate change is, is affecting our... our uh, our public safety. I mean, look what's happened in British Columbia, or even to a lesser extent, what's happening here on the East Coast uh, the last day or two with massive storms um, that are doing a lot of damage to infrastructure and, and threatening lives. Um, 
you know, so these are tangible uh, results of climate change that everybody is able to see in their own communities now. It's not just something happening far away. And uh, but, you know, what to do? And, uh, you know, now we have uh, some places, some governments, even Alberta's that are cautiously embracing the idea of carbon pricing. Uh, but there's a lot more that has to be done, uh, including uh, being part of the international community to uh, to reduce the effects of climate change around the world. But uh, it is an urgent matter that I think Canadians are really focusing on now more than they ever have in the past. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the politics of this, Dan. Uh, I don't think anybody expects the government to be brought down anytime soon or for an election to be triggered. Um, Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet said his party is willing to live what he called an live with an empty piece of paper. That was his description of the throne speech. Um, the, the NDP was dismissive, but I think everyone expects them to be cooperative. So does the Liberal government have some runway with this agenda? I think so. I don't think there's any, you know, appetite for an election out there. Um, you know, who would benefit? Uh, the, you know, I, I, I mean, if uh, one of the parties or the, the opposition parties got together at the top of the Liberal government, they'd be into the middle of an election campaign with nothing new to say on any of their part. I mean, it's not just the government that, that seems to be returning to familiar themes. Um, all the parties are. And, uh, you know, I think if the if the government does try to get in and do some of these uh, more practical things, say on the climate change uh, file you just mentioned, you know, capping oil and gas uh, emissions or something like that, pushing more towards net zero, uh, that kind of thing, even building more buses, all of these things become practical matters that will be debated in Parliament. But, um, yeah, I think there's runway there for them to make deals. I, I thought Blanchet had some of the funniest and best comments on the uh, on the throne speech, and uh, I think he exemplified um, the state of politics when he said, yeah, it doesn't mean anything, it, it's empty, it's just a piece of paper, uh, but nonetheless we're going to pretty much support it. Um, it's no different from saying, yeah, it's an empty piece of paper, but we're going to oppose it all the way. So, um, you know, yeah. it, it's it's really in a strange kind of netherworld that Parliament is in now. But, you know, Mark, the people want the parties to work together. That's what we voted for. And uh, the sooner they all figure that out on Parliament Hill, the better. And what about the economy, Dan? Uh, I know you mentioned earlier that uh, there, there's not much a government can do about inflation. The economy's going to go the way it does. And sometimes we we attribute uh, too much uh, to the government when the economy is going well or poorly. But the, the Conservatives are saying the Liberals need to do something about inflation. Um, is, is inflation a concern, and what can the government do? Well, inflation is a concern. Um, you know, it always is. It's an economic concern. That's why we have the Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada's job is to monitor and maintain inflation within a band that is manageable. And, I mean, I, I read a lot about, uh, you know... Uh, the economy, and I think you know a lot of these inflationary pressures are transitory. We're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, there are a lot of supply chain blockages and other 
likely to be temporary uh, impacts on the economy that are causing inflation to bump up. Uh, inflation goes up and down, and uh, very, very seldom. And I actually defy anybody to come up with an example of when any parliamentary government has been able to control inflation. That isn't what they do. That's why we have central banks. And, um, you know, I think it's absolutely silly for the, for instance, the conservatives to try to blame inflation on Justin Trudeau. Uh, I mean, you know, that just doesn't even add up. It, it, um, but, you know, it's, it's all said for political effect. And the government can say, yeah, we're going to go out, we're going to moderate inflation, but they aren't really going to do that either. And, uh, you know, what the government is talking about, though, is withdrawing some of the supports that were put in place for the pandemic. And um, that will maybe take some of the edge off around the borders and the margins of inflation. But uh, for political parties in the House of Commons to rant about inflation, and what are you going to do about it? Uh, if I was the prime minister, I'd be honest and say we're not going to do anything about it. That's the bank's job. Hmm. All right, Dan, let's talk about uh, the Conservatives and the fact that they're moving ahead with their challenge that imposed a vaccine mandate on MPs. They've raised this on a, on a, a question of privilege. Um, I know a lot of people are going to look at that and, and say, here the Conservatives are bringing up vaccines again when they're the ones who are most exposed on this issue. Um, interestingly, they're, they're also going to oppose today the government's proposal to return to a hybrid format in the House of Commons, even though it could be argued that the Conservatives would benefit most from that because they have MPs who would who who actually have contracted covid-19 or or might prefer to 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 you know go into the house of commons via zoom rather than in person um so what do you make of all of that well you know it, this is not a winning uh, political message i don't think for the conservatives i i i from what i've read the block is also uh uncomfortable with this idea of the hybrid parliament I don't think the people of Canada particularly care whether the MP is standing in the House of Commons or whether they are on a virtual, you know, Zoom call or whatever. Um, I, I, I'm sure, though, that, you know, working on the Hill every day, there are certainly, you know, Parliament was set up to be a live venue with actual face-to-face debate, and that is ultimately where it should return. But at the same time, the pandemic has not gone away. There are still matters to deal with. And as to the Conservatives, they are offside with Canadian views. I don't know what their polling is telling them. I can't imagine it's saying that uh, Canadians want the Conservative Party of Canada to stand up against public health measures that most people accept as necessary to uh, bringing this pandemic under control. So um, this is not a winning, uh, you know, uh, idea for the Conservatives. I'm sure Aaron O'Toole would rather everyone just stop talking about it. But obviously there are issues bubbling up within the Conservative membership and caucus um, on this vaccine skepticism. And um, and they feel that they have to go along with it in order to mollify certain of these uh, rump elements in their party. But really, you know, leadership is sometimes telling those folks to just mind their own beeswax and get on with it uh, while we try to deal with this thing. Uh, the Conservatives have bigger fish to fry than quibbling over who gets to go where under what rules around the House of Commons. Right. 
All right, Dan, great to have your insights on all of this today. Thank you. Okay, Mark. That's longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Not only do they want parliamentarians to work together to put this pandemic behind us, they also want bold, concrete solutions to meet other challenges that we face. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Marie Danielle Smith considers the takeaways from a very cautious speech from the throne. Smith writes, While speeches from the throne are sometimes used to announce major new initiatives, that was not the case on Tuesday. We saw, instead, the repetition of promises from a couple of months ago and statements of values that are very well understood as liberal mainstays. It's a cautious approach that reflects the minority situation in Parliament and seems to lay the groundwork for easy cooperation with the New Democrats in the House. In the National Post, John Iveson asks if inflation will leave Justin Trudeau with a bloody nose. Iveson writes, Nobody should bet their variable mortgage on this government's ability to make life more affordable. Even if the Liberals hit their goals by the end of next year, that is not going to have any impact on inflationary pressures on food and shelter. But the bottom line is that inflation is currently a global phenomenon. If central bankers are right about its transitory nature, inflation will have receded as a concern to voters before the Conservatives can lay a glove on the Liberals in a general election. In an editorial, the Toronto Star calls on MPs to use their power to make change. The Star writes, Many MPs who arrived on the wings of idealism this week for the opening of a new parliament will soon take the precipitous fall into disillusionment experienced by so many of their predecessors. They will learn how little power a backbench or opposition MP truly holds. But it doesn't have to be that way. There has probably never been more widespread public disgust with our politics and greater appetite for change. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will attend the Liberal caucus meeting and question period. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will also attend the Liberal caucus meeting and question period. She will also be joined by Employment Minister Carla Qualtrough for an announcement and news conference. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will speak with the media in Ottawa. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will also hold a news conference in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, November 24th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.